0: Welcome to the Oval Ball Grand Final Recap. Matt, welcome. You're on the line. Welcome again. Uh, Jacob, pleasure as always. What do you make of it? It was a, a day where the sun was out and there are plenty of stories heading into the game, which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, what do you make of it sitting at, at the end of the game, at the end of the day? What were your thoughts? I think it was my
1: third favourite grand final of all time, uh, Jacob. <laughs> from being what are the perfect, number one and honest? two?
0: What's number one and two?
1: Um, 1954,
0: the year the Dogs won,
1: and 2016, um, also the year the Dogs won, but apart from, apart from that, uh, that, that Grand Final of the week, it was my third favourite of all time.
0: For a particular reason?
1: Um, I just thought it had everything that I wanted to see.
0: <laughs> it did feel like that, didn't it? In the first quarter.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know whether I said this last week, um, but certainly i I've, I've I've thought it and I've said it to a couple of people. I think the Grand Final on the weekend was a game of football versus the AFL. And I think we got to see football win.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That look, that's fair. I mean, I guess that story with, and those theories about the Giants and what kind of foot the AFL have in their door, um, that's going to go on forever, I think, because I, I still believe that and we've heard things that they have a clear vision for the Giants to be successful, and I don't have too many worries with that. That's what I think you and I are on different pages with. I don't think that's much of an issue because you need that to happen to create, you know, to give them a real chance. But I said to you right before we started this episode, Matt, when you're going in, you know, you know I, even, I put my first ever multi, Matt. I put my first ever multi on. I placed an actual bet on, um, on the game through Sports Bet, um, and I thought, you know what, this is going to favour the Giants. I can see Richmond stumbling. You know they're the favourites for a reason, but you know the Giants have got this belief. But then, even after Cameron kicked that first goal and just that first quarter, when it was only two goals in it, that's when it occurred to me that we have a clear heavyweight champ, a clear team that, that they are the best, no matter what you know their record at the G and how they've given all those games. And I'm not going to bang on about the fact they got seven home games or seven G games in a row because it's not the time to do it, but. No matter, it doesn't matter about that and them getting all the players back at the right time. They are the best team in the comp, and they have they've been the best team for three years. So, um, it was just, it just they emphasised that on the day in quite an emphatic fashion, and it was led by one D Martin and um, thought Prestia got a roll on, and someone by the name of Marley and Pickett, you know, jumped in at one point, which is we'll get into that in, in a bit. But what was the clear difference in the end for you between the Giants and Richmond?
1: The clear difference uh, wasn't even on Saturday for me. Um, didn't wasn't wasn't anything to do with the game at all. It actually took place on Tuesday. That was where the difference was, and it was when um, Richmond ruled out Jack Graham. Now I think I said this last week again. I'm, I just I have a habit of referring to points and just harping on about them throughout the season, Jacob. <laughs> you never ever ever play. A bloke that's not 100% in a grand final. I mean, obviously no one's going to be like 100 hundred hundred percent fit. Yeah. But if, if you've got someone, um, such as in the case of Jack Graham, where well, you know they're going to be fighting right up until the line to play, mm. don't play them.
0: Yeah.
1: I- don't play them. Because that, that does a couple of things. Firstly, uh, that, um, that gives you um, – it gives you a, a player that's actually fit. Firstly, uh, not someone that's you know sort of going to be half fit. Second, it gives you uh, or it gives the, whoever the replacement is the opportunity to mentally prepare all week. Now, if you've uh, Pickett, let's take Pickett, for example, uh, he he would have known well before any of us that he was playing on Saturday. Uh, he he would have known probably on the Monday, maybe even on the Tuesday. So he's got all week to prepare, knowing full well that he will play. I agree. As opposed to spending the whole week, uh, uh, I might play, but uh, I don't know.
0: So that's an interesting point, right? So I might just interject for a bit. That's an interesting point about Pickett. So I was at my internship Wednesday and we're looking at... I'm working with a few punters. They like having a bit of a dip on the gambling side of things. They're looking at the first goal scorers. Just quickly, they're looking at the first goal scorers. Marlon Pickett, I can't remember the exact amount he was paying, but... He was paying more money to kick the first goal over Brandon Allison Heath Shaw, and then a bunch of like key defenders, which is, but like he was being. This was on Wednesday, so Richmond coming out and saying, "Oh, I went right down to the wire, and you know it was our Jack Ross who I thought they'd play." Um, you know, so I, you're right. I think they had the... They knew Monday, if latest.
1: Yeah, it it may have gone down to the wire, but it would have gone down to the wire on on Monday or Sunday. It wouldn't have gone down to the wire on Saturday. And then I look at at the other end of the table and I see Phil Davis. Now, obviously, Uh, you want your captain playing in the grand final. But if, if 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 you've got to do a late fitness test with 10 minutes to go before the start of the match to be able to tell whether he can get through the game, there's a good chance he's not going to be able to get through the game.
0: No. Yeah.
1: I mean, you should already know well in advance if this player can play. I mean, what is a last-minute fitness test going to tell you? It, yeah. it, it's it's not going to – you're not going to go from, oh, I don't know, to, yeah, no, he's, he's good. He's ready to go. Mm. The only thing that can happen in that is he gets injured in that warm-up. And then you say, well, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll take him out now. We'll put in Lockheed Keith.
0: He would have been jabbed up as well. So- and the
1: problem with, with Lockheed Keith, and this is the contrast between Pickett and, and Keith. let's say hypothetically um, – Keith is a guy that would have been that would have spent the entire week not knowing. Yeah, he would have been going, "Oh, I might be playing. I don't know. I might be. I mean, you know, Phil's, you know, been named. He's doing these fitness tests. So he looks like he might play, but I don't know." And you, you've still got to be prepared to play, even though you might not be playing. I don't know. Yeah, you can't. You can't give. You can't allow players to adopt that sort of mentality leading into a grand final. Players have to be absolutely sure where they stand.
0: So you're pegging they, can't it be, they
1: can't be sitting on the fence for a grand final.
0: So you're pegging it down to the, I guess, the ready, that, like you're saying, um, there's a readiness difference in the players. Some players knew that Richmond essentially prepared better. That's what you're saying.
1: Pickett had all
0: week to prepare for the game. Yeah.
1: And look how well he played. I mean, he, he got votes in the Norm Smith. Uh, Phil Davis spent the whole week not knowing, and he had five goals kicked on him. Mm. Now, I'm it... not saying that I'm not saying you know if they play Lockie Keefe and um, Jack Graham is named that you know that makes up 89 points difference but it, it's a massive um, it's a massive contrast in mentality and another one uh, Whitfield now I said I definitely told you last week mm. Pelly did his appendix he was out for about three weeks and they were bringing in Whitfield after one he was very disappointing Whitfield yes he had no impact at all. He refused to kick on his right side. I
0: saw that. There was a moment where, coming out of the back line, something he does all so well, he went on his yeah. left. Is that when, I forgot what happened after that, but they highlighted that, and he got smashed right afterwards. Is that yeah. the moment that popped into your mind?
1: Yeah, no, that, 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 that occurred to me straight away as well. I had, I had a feeling that, I, I think I said to you that one week was a bit soon, and I didn't think he would play. I was surprised he did. But his output did not surprise me. No. And the other one, uh, who would have been given every chance to play if he didn't unselfishly rule himself out, was Canelio. And he ruled himself out. That wasn't the Giants. That was him making that decision. And if he hadn't have made that decision, we would have seen a very similar situation to what we saw with Davis and what we saw with Whitfield, right up until the la- to the last.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And there's there's where the game was – I mean, Richmond were – Richmond weren't going to lose to anyone. Like, let's be honest.
0: Even if they played oh, Collingwood, I reckon Collingwood no. wouldn't have beaten Collingwood. Would have made more of an effort there, but I don't think i more. I don't think it'd be a bigger. It wouldn't be a big margin like that if they played Collingwood, but I don't think Collingwood no. wouldn't have beaten them. That's no, how but I, I mean, not
1: even 22 Aaron Nortons would have beaten <laughs> Richmond. Um,
0: you and bloody um, Aaron look, Norton.
1: Richmond were an extraordinary, are an extraordinary side, and they put in extraordinary performance. No team was going to beat them. But that's where the game was absolutely lost.
0: Yeah, that they. Yeah, that's where it needed to get right for the Giants. Yeah, it, they didn't it, get it right. Yeah.
1: yeah, they needed to rule those players out definitely as, as early as possible. They didn't, and the impact was, was very clear to see.
0: Now on Richmond, Matt, from your from your football eyes, what makes them so good? I mean, we can go on about every little element, and I I would love to do that, but we simply don't have enough time to go on every little element of Richmond. But what's probably the most Emphatic, obvious sort of um, uh, what's the word? Tangible thing that you could notice with Richmond in, in that grand final. What makes him that good?
1: Something I noticed that was very evident on the weekend was how quickly they moved the ball.
0: Yes, that is very away. obvious.
1: Um, you see the Giants' their build-up play was very slow, methodical. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't under pressure. Um, per se, it wasn't like every possession was under pressure, but there were just there were just no options for them. Yeah. But every time Richmond got the ball, there were players aplenty <clears throat> streaming alongside, waiting for the hand pass, waiting for the kick. There was so much space on the wings and so much space in the forward line, and they, I mean, there was just no way you could defend it the way they were moving the ball. That, that was what I noticed out of out of that, and that made a huge difference. They got so many um, opportunities to score on the counter attack.
0: Yeah, no I, I agree they do move the ball you know and and the thing for me and it wasn't just I wasn't just on Saturday it's something that's been tangible for me of the past three years um, they I think their system is built on trust I think both on off like on the field as far as spiritually um, but on the field as well and a good example is when you watch them like tactically you watch them get, when the balls in their back line I think 17 out of 18 teams when the balls in the back line you know the wings would come down and support as good wingmen do yeah um, like Mitch Robinson is brilliant at or Chris May at Collingwood or um, you know uh, Joel Sal's been doing it a bit now so but what Richmond do they send their wingers um, but they don't send their mids down as well so every other team sends when it's in their back line they've got your defenders in pursuit, you've got your wingmen and some of the mids are there to help out, right? But when you watch them behind the goals, I've had a couple of opportunities recently watching behind the goals. In their back line, they just trust their back line. They trust their backmen. It's amazing to watch. They just say, you know what? Even without Alex Rance there, which is more profound, you go, well, the mids are like, look, the wingers are there to help you out. When you guys win the ball back, as we expect you to do, then Cochin is in the middle of the ground, Mum's in the middle of the ground, Caddy's in the middle of the ground, Edwards, Prestia, they're all in the middle of the ground. And then that's when you see Richmond really kind of will it forward. And I heard some, I was, you know, Grand Final Day, you know, sitting around having beers, it was like a barbecue thing. And, you know, I was saying to someone, what makes them so good? And they said, look, they they go through the middle really well. They actually underrated how much they go through the middle. And every time they win the ball back out of the back line, they've got people there to get the ball in the middle of the... the uh, it's like a game of thirds. you got the forward line, your middle, your back line. Every other team, when they get it out of their back line, the mids have to run back to the middle of the ground. So that's something that, you know, that's the on-field stuff. So Richmond just set up really well and trust each other. And then on the field, the trust is... I just say, a mate, like, they get so up and about over a spoil. You know, Brandon Ellis spoils it. Uh, there's a good image of... This is quite interesting. Jack Higgins had the... Was filming Tom Lynch's goal, I think, it was on his Instagram, and he had it sort of uh, the behind, the behind. It was on like the the opposite back pocket, so you could see like the defenders and the forwards. He kicked the goal, and the crowd went up and everything. But you see Bashahuli fist pumping and like high fiving Lamb or oh, I don't know Asprey or someone, and it's just like what football team celebrates like everyone's kicked a goal. So you know what I mean. Like they're, they're just a club that's. At peace, I think, with a lot of things, they're just all on the same page, and it's um brilliant to watch. Brilliant to watch.
1: They they do they do gel very well. Yeah, they're they're a side that yeah seems to click and then, and gel very nicely together, and it makes a big difference when you've got you know parts that are working together. Definitely, like that it makes a huge difference.
0: So on three sixty last night, they were discussing the terms we now need to use for Richmond. So, I think it goes from era to dynasty, or dynasty, I don't know. What do you call it? Dynasty, dynasty? Uh, I'm
1: dynasty. I'm, I'm dynasty. I'm, I call it a dynasty. I'm going to
0: be Bogan and call it dynasty. So, okay. Um, apparently, an era is two, dynasty is three and, and more. So, they're in this era. They've, they've got the Richmond era. Will it be yep. a dynasty? Or is it too early to even think about that? Are they capable of... Like, can they be good enough to go back to back? We all know how hard it is to go back to back. Both our teams haven't have struggled to go back to back in the past. We've, we've struggled to go back, just at all. <laughs> back, just full stop.
1: <laughs> two, two in how many ninety odd seasons? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I Me, mean, back to back is a pipe dream, Jacob.
0: <laughs> hey, it could happen. You never know. But, yeah, 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 good. Um, but what about Richmond? What are, you, are they? Are they that good? Oh, well, if you're saying three premierships in four years,
1: that's a dynasty.
0: Well, technically, um, yeah, that's what they're so saying. So, if
1: they win it next year, I mean, then we just, I mean, even if they, I mean, they could even do a Geelong. So they might not win next year, but they'll win the year after. Yeah. Uh, so, and we call that uh, in that long era. You know, it was so successful for so long, and um, and yeah, they never won back to back premierships at all, which is actually a little bit interesting when you think about it.
0: Um, that's such a good team, and they stuffed it up, but. Yeah. No.
1: Well, was it? They made they made four grand finals in a preliminary in, in, in five years. It's a fairly it's an impressive feat. Happy fans. For consistency, yeah. But um, I lost my train of thought now. Uh, but yeah, certainly if Richmond go again next year, I'd say this is an era now. Like this, this is Scott potential.
0: Yeah. To be a really
1: strong era, but we need to just wait and see how it goes.
0: The only thing, yeah, we need to see how it goes and wait because. The game is designed to, to throw up unpredictable things. Uh, the game is so hard. It's designed to make these things hard, um, to achieve back-to-back flags. But I mean, my, the only way I could see Richmond losing uh, next year is through injury. I think they're that good. It's like, well, they could like the start of this year, been six and seven and six of the bye. Um, that was three injuries I think the only thing They'll stop them Injuries Which is quite frightening Because if, if they get it right On the path then You know They're if, just too good cool To, to know, do it
1: If you want to know Just how difficult it is To go back to back Look Watch the Richmond Collingwood Preliminary final
0: From last year Mate I've seen it Four four times I don't need to watch what, it again one,
1: <laughs> one bad game At the wrong time
0: Yeah no, It's, it's all over Definitely.
1: They're, they're very, I mean, premierships in themselves are hard to win. Going back to back is very, very, very difficult.
0: It definitely, and now they're the hunted, so it's a bit like in the, the NBA, they've got, you know, teams try to recruit players to beat LeBron, LeBron James, and then Golden State did that, and then they became a, a, an actual dynasty, and then, or dynasty, and then the NBA recruited, the other, every other team recruited players to beat Golden State, and it's like people are recruiting and doing things, so in the AFL, it's like, don't be surprised if you see teams try and get that second key forward or get that second big defender so they can beat Rewald and Lynch or maybe recruit a tagger so Martin doesn't have a game like he did. Um, so, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Just before we move on to some trade news, um, we can recap the day of trades but, and some stuff rolling through tonight. Do you think that uh, someone in the media, I think it was a New South Wales person, they said they're confident that the, the Giants will build their own little era or, or dynasty. With your, putting your hatred to the Giants aside, can you partially see, which you, mind you, you do very well, we're, all, we're both very impartial here, but um, <laughs> can, we, can you see them bouncing back? Like, or can you see them tremble like Port did after 2007? What are we going to see out of them? Are they tough enough to bounce back?
1: Port never really recovered from that one. They didn't. As, as a club?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I still don't think they have. No. Uh, how many times? I think they've made finals twice since?
0: Uh, yeah. two or th- Probably two or three. Two. That's, yeah. Which is huge. Yeah, I think in they've, t- been, yeah, I think they've only made
1: finals twice since then. In 12 years, um, it's a
0: long time to not play finals.
1: Look, I'll, I'll say this much about this group. That was their fourth consecutive finals appearance. Um, they've made two preliminary finals, a semi-final and a grand final now. It, it, it gets harder um, the longer you go on. Like with, with a group, with a, or with a good enough group, you've probably normally got a window of... Normally about three years mm. um, to win a premiership. But when you're right in the in the zone, I'd argue 2016 was probably... like they. Um, they peaked a little too early, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon they were before their time. Um, even though, you know, it was probably their best shot to win a Premiership. I still think that. Um, 2017, 2018, they were probably more ready. Um, 2019, like, I can Look, I mean, they finished sixth at the end of the home and away season, the Giants. I mean, say what you want about their finals performance. They still finished sixth. They were the And sixth up until team. the finals, yeah. they weren't a very convincing Sixth side, no, yeah, um, no, it, was, it was very different to the Bulldogs a couple of years ago. I think the Bulldogs finished seventh, but they still won fifteen games, which yeah. you know uh, this year would be enough to get them into the top four easy. Mm. Um, but this was a, this was a different, different sort of side. I, I, I'm starting to think that the wheel is is turning a bit in the wrong direction for the Giants. I'm struggling to see this group win a flag. Okay. That's not to say that they they are going to fall away like what Adelaide have. But I'm struggling to see this group win a premiership.
0: So what do they need then? What do they need in your eyes to bring them back to the last day in September and win it all?
1: I think they've got to change the playing group. I don't think this group... um, I don't think they can sort of keep this group and and try again next year. I think they've got to change it up somehow. Um, We know that they're getting rid of uh, John Patton.
0: They're getting Uh, Sam Jacobs in.
1: Uh, the same. Uh, Sam Jacobs, was that?
0: He will come in, yeah. That's all okay. done.
1: Um. Well, done. Well, and they're losing, obviously, they're, they're probably going to lose Shane Mumford. That was probably his yeah. last game. I, I don't know if Heath Shaw going on is the right decision. No, um, probably not. Just on that, you know, is this group actually going to win it? You, you, sometimes you've got to take a gamble. But I don't feel like this group will win a premiership next year. Uh, so I don't know whether it would be worth keeping Heath Shaw. Um. And they've probably got to make a few other changes just to the, the playing list as well, just to freshen it up a bit. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I think if they, if they go in with the same sort of group and, and try again, I, I don't think it's going to result in a premiership. We, we obviously know Richmond are far too good for them. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Richmond are going to suddenly drop off.
0: No. And there's
1: a few other teams that are uh, coming up as well. Um, we sort of see Collingwood are around the mark. West Coast will want to bounce back next year. Um, Bulldogs are improving um, as well Brisbane are improving obviously um, and then there's a couple of other teams down the bottom of the ladder that you know um, started to rise slightly Carlton uh, Melbourne will have a point to prove Sydney will have a point to prove um, but then there were and a couple of other so I don't know I mean it's not to say that like Melbourne and Sydney will win the premiership next year but there'll be more competition Yeah. and the older the group gets um, well in terms of the amount of time they actually spend with each other, rather than their average age, I think it gets harder to continue to find that motivation to go on. Interesting. When you know you've you know you make a prelim and then you make another prelim and and then you know you make a semi final and then you make it to a grand final and you get belted, it just gets harder to say right. Well, next year's going to be the year. Next year's going to be the year. Sort yeah. of stuff.
0: Yeah. It's, um. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, I guess all eyes will be on the Giants and Melbourne, which is something that we'll touch on on a later date. But, so, that was the grand final. We'll just touch on, before we go on, some really important trade news out of the day. Um, For me, the one that stood out was Hugh Greenwood, which is huge for the Gold Coast. Hugh Greenwood, the uh, ex-basketballer, I think he's 25 or 27, I don't know, he's a mature age player. Uh, from Adelaide Crows um, um on baller's requested to go to the Gold Coast. Is this the right move for the, the Gold Coast Suns, knowing that they need to start winning quite quickly?
1: I feel like we say the same thing about every fringe twenty two player or every player on the fringe of the best twenty two. Yeah. We look at them all and go, he'd be a good fit
0: for Gold Coast. <laughs> I think we do that a lot. Yeah. Uh, anyone will be a good they- fit for the Gold Coast, that's the thing.
1: Yeah, I think he's. I think he's not a bad player. I, I. don't know though. It's always difficult to tell because I've said that in the past with players at the Gold Coast. Yeah. That I think they'll be a good fit, and I think they'll do well. And they don't really have the impact that I was expecting.
0: A big rumor. A big rumor coming out as well as um, Brad Crouch to the Suns. There's potentially going to be a seven hundred plus offer on the table for Brad Crouch. So he's, I think he's 24 years old. I'm just going to confirm that. He's had an injury-ridden career with the Crows. He's played in a in a grand final. Um, is that too much? For is this Brad? Matt or Brad, did you say? Brad. Is that is that too much Brad, for Brad? Yeah. He's actually, yeah, he's 25.
1: I wouldn't be asking the question if it's the right player. I'd be asking the question if it's the right leader. Because I think that's what they need more than... More than good players, yeah. they've got they've got all the young talent under the sun at the moment. If you'll pardon the pun there, I didn't oh. mean that. Um, yeah. They need to keep them, and they um, I mean they they need you know players that are going to set the example, lead the way, and, and build a culture uh, that's going to want to convince those younger players to stay. Much like what Brisbane have done with Luke Hodge. Now they went after Sean Burgoyne, and and, and that didn't work. They've got to try someone else though. They can't just sort of say, oh, well, you know, going or Bust. They've got to go after someone else. Mm. Someone who's going to lead the way and, and help build a culture that will want or that will, you know, um, be set up so that young players go there and want to stay there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's very
1: difficult to do, but they, they've, they've got to keep at it. And I'd be prioritising that over bringing in, you know, players that are on the fringes of um, other clubs' best 22s.
0: Yeah, and then they also got their big priority package, um, which is enormous, really, uh, the draft picks. Outrageous. Do, do you think it's enough? And do you think it's the right call? I, I personally believe. And, look, I don't know. I know I've heard things about Matthew Rayle and Noah Anderson and how Matthew Rayle in the eyes of some, currently is better than Sam Walsh is at his age. So... Like, that's an opinion of the recruiters. Ne- next
1: year's draft crop is always better. Yeah. So can, it's yeah, always better,
0: isn't it? It's something we've got to, be, we've got to avoid, I guess, the, that, the hype, because you never know when they get to AFA level. So, unless they're like absolute stand up citizens and just 25 a game kind of players, a few goals, then I don't like this. I've, I've explained this to you mid year. I don't. What they need, the Gold Coast Suns, is, a, is a, um, a short-term boost. They need to start winning now, okay? Because every other sporting fr- I'm not going to go on and say they're going to become extinct, Like, but every other sporting club in the world, in the States and stuff, after 10 years of just being shocking, they've lost their own licence and they've gone to another city. So this team needs... I'm not going to threaten the fact they're going to become, I don't know what you call it, folded or whatever, but they need someone like a Tim Kelly or a Dane Zorko. Someone within the traps who can go, come in. Like Brisbane got Dane Zorko as a young, early 20-year-old that played bunch of for footy, best and fairest everywhere. Um, and look at him now as a captain of the Brisbane Lions, has superbia. Tim Kelly, would, we, we will touch on him in a bit, but he was, you know, see what he's done for Geelong. They need someone now that could come up now. The, dra- the draft picks, it does, it's sort of... Unless there's some little... And I know they've got the new, the Northern Territory Academy, which is brilliant. So that's tick. I think that's fine. Because every team has their own little academy areas, region. But I don't know. I just find it... I, I thought it was a lot, and it was just overkill and really ineffective. I, they need something now. You know what I mean? Unless... Hey. I, unless Matthew Rowell is who he think he is. They need something now.
1: I will say this about the Gold Coast. If it doesn't work out like this, then that's that's got to be it.
0: Surely, Tassie. Surely, Tassie. Yeah.
1: That, that that would that would have to be the next move. I mean, you, you can't just keep. I mean, what, at what point does you does it stop?
0: Well, You're Just
1: going to keep giving them handouts until they come good. Yeah. That's that's not going to work. Well, no one's
0: going to be a fan of that. Mark Robinson said, "He's reported that uh, this is the last big handout the AFL's given them. This it's up to them now. what they do. So." That's going to be interesting. Uh, John Patton, on the other news, John Patton uh, will play for Hawthorne. They will get, a deal will most likely get done. His, his manager, Adrian Zario, I think his name is. No, Robbie Zario, sorry. Uh, Robbie Zario. Zario spoke today, and he uh, that's the one. Thank you. And he, uh, yeah, there's a most likely he's going to end up a Hawk. Is that a good move for the Hawks? It, I mean, John Patton spoke today about how he's, he, this is the best his body has felt in years. Yeah. Um yeah, where does he fit in that forward line of Hawthorne? Does well, he they've fit? got to
1: find someone to replace Jared Ruffit, I suppose. I mean it's not a like for like replacement, but it's still a key tall in the forward line. Yep. Um take a bit of the heat off Gunston, off Bruce. Yeah, for a third round pick I think is the rumored offer at the moment. I, I reckon that I reckon, you know, that that's sort of a value pick there for Hawthorne if you know, um low risk, potentially high reward, depending on how they um How they go with getting him uh, sort of coming back from three knee reconstructions is is very difficult though. It's not like the Tom Scully one, Um, Mm. so if you think they're just going to magically, you know, getting back into something extraordinary, it's a very different set of circumstances.
0: Yeah, knees are Uh, debilitating.
1: But if if they get it right, yeah, there could be some value there. Uh, But it's it's a big if. But yeah, but but given the low um, risk, can't see this being. Uh, a loss for Hawthorne.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with them doing making the deal. I think a third round is just about right. I mean, former number one pick, his value has been obviously uh, reduced due to, as you've mentioned, the the knee injuries. Uh, big three, big knee operations now. But yeah, I like the idea of them replacing Roughhead. And last one on the list, and this is one that has, hasn't been uh, confirmed yet, um, but we're expecting the next. Four days, they're saying, that uh, we'll hear from um, Tim Kelly's management uh, and it's it's expected that he will request a trade to West Coast. Today on radio, on SEN radio, uh, Frio, general manager of footy, Peter Bell, actually confirmed, if he meant it or not, confirmed that West Coast were his preferred choice at the end of last year, after all that. So... Uh, will a deal get done, do you think? And if so, at what price? What, what What's a fair deal? What's a fair trade for the Geelong superstar? Two first-rounders. I think that's fair. The Jake Lever deal, I guess, essentially.
1: I think that's fair.
0: Not a player
1: in there? For Kelly? Yeah. I mean, four first-rounders and Dustin Martin is, is stupid. That's just, oh, you know, I that, hope that's Jake. just Scott joking. saying that every Geelong player is the greatest of all time. Well, um, this, is, this is something I'm, I'm really curious about. Now, Fremantle getting in the race, joining the race, mm. I've been wanting this for a long time because if homesickness is the real issue, then Tim Kelly should have no issues going to Fremantle as opposed to West Coast. Yeah. We haven't heard him say much about or his management say much about uh, Fremantle, but now they're in the hunt I'm really curious to see how this one pans out over the next couple of weeks. Fremantle will be in a much better position to get the deal done. If Kelly's really keen to go back home, he should have no issues going to Fremantle. But that's just my opinion on that one. If it's really homesickness, it shouldn't matter which Perth club he plays for.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, if I was Justin Longmuir, who... First of all, congrats from the Overball boys. Congratulations, Justin. I'm sure he's listening, as everyone does listen to the podcast. I'm sure he's listening. Yep. Congratulations. But, um, really highly regarded the Pies. Uh, responsible for the, the defensive setup that held Collingwood good stead over the past few years. If I was Justin though, I'd be on the phone. I'd be on the phone with Tim Kelly, his management. Do what you can. If I was Peter Bell, throw the kit caboodle at him. Because he's he's a player like he's the guy and the guy that I'd would say would go to the Gold Coast and transform things. He's that good. I've been lucky enough to see him live a few times this year. He's, he's just and for Fremantle, he'd be it would fit in so well and that. You know, we think Monday's on the way out, so it'd be so good to see him. And you know, Nat Fife, a healthy Stephen Hill probably. Um, then you got the young guys and Chera and and Brayshaw. I think he'd be brilliant, but. Look, first two rounders sounds about fair. Uh, before we go, though, I just thought of one more person. Joe Danaher. This is just a big merry-go-round. I was convinced a few weeks ago that he was gone, but the Danaher family have denied that, and Essendon have denied that. I probably listened to the Danaher family more than anything, because they're the ones that know him. Um, so, yeah, and the Tom Papley deal, a lot of that hinges on what happens with Danaher. So, essentially, Papley walks, Danaher... And if if Sydney think they can get down to her, they'll let Papley walk. If they can't get down to her, they're going to hold Papley to the contract. That's what I'm hearing. He's still got four years left. Um, But, yeah, where does that whole down to her scenario sit with you, Matt?
1: I'm going to get something up here that I'm very curious about.
0: Please do. I'm
1: going to quote one of my favourite pundits going around in the AFL at the moment, um, Matthew Lloyd. Yeah, just gonna just gonna have a, a little talk about. He was very uh, strong Matthew, today,
0: Matthew Lloyd. Is this a quote from today?
1: Yeah, Mister m- Mr., Mister One-Eye himself. Lloydy um, because he he spoke about uh, he spoke about a Jamie Elliott today actually on the radio, saying that he wouldn't offer uh, Elliott more than two years, given the issues he's had with injuries over the past couple of years. Mm. Um. Since the start of start twenty eighteen, he didn't play any of twenty eighteen, and he missed a chunk of twenty nineteen. Although he's saying about Joe Danaher uh, that Sydney or,
0: or that Sydney should be forced to give up two first round draft picks for him. They are different injuries, though. They are different huh? sort of different sort of injuries. I guess different that, injuries, you know but, but injuries nonetheless. Now, yeah. in the last
1: two seasons, um, Danaher has played eleven games. So he played seven games last year, and he, he played uh, four games this year. Jamie Elliott, and bear in mind, he didn't even play a game in twenty eighteen. Since the start of last year, he's played in sixteen games.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, no, so no.
1: yeah, you can say they're different injuries, but I say that's uh, Matthew Lloyd um, wearing a bit of the wearing a little bit of the Essendon colours and uh, <laughs> not actually looking things, looking at things logically here.
0: Lloyd. Um,
1: I know he's. A, I know he's a big fan of his bombers, and, he, and he, you know, and he, he's a bit like Chris Scott. Everyone's the greatest to have ever played, uh, <laughs> especially, especially himself. Oh. Um, but I, I, just, I don't, I don't know whether he's looking at that one logically. I just think that's a bit interesting. Um, just with Danaher, though, he's not worth two top ten or first round picks. He's worth a late first rounder at most. Mm-hmm. at most. He's a good player, but he's not a great player. Um I wouldn't be yeah, I wouldn't be offering too much. Yeah. Um, to, a late first rounder at most.
0: Yeah, I reckon a late first
1: um, given, rounder. Um, given um the you know what well, he could still be a fifty goal a season forward. Mind you in, in what seven seasons he has only done it once. Um kick fifty goals or more. Um, for such a hyped-up play, you'd, you'd probably expect that he might have done it a couple of times by now. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, given his injury issues and, and his upside, I'd say late first rounder should get that one done.
0: Yeah, late I'd first rounder. I would good. still
1: be. I would actually be more inclined to take a punt on Jamie Elliott though, if I were looking
0: around. Yeah, as a Pies man, I'm praying he stays. But guess the biz, that's the business of the footy. Now, I want to know your favourite moment back to the grand final. Now, finally, let you go. What is what's your, your favourite moment watching the grand final? What was it? Was it the picket blind turn? Was it the picket goal? Was it rewalt having a day out? Was it Edwards bump? What was it? Pat C- Hutchins Mumford. Uh, I,
1: I think I have to say the picket goal.
0: Yeah, that's my I, well.
1: I think that's one of the. I think it's the second greatest grand final moment in history, um, apart from Lance Franklin getting taken down in the middle of the ground by a with a broken back.
0: I think the he Shaw sure he Shaw sure smother was in that top, uh, smother, top four. Anyone can do that, not the way he did, mate. I've, Ma- <laughs> Morris
1: did, Morris put on a smother as well with a broken back, so yeah.
0: Uh, he Shaw's got a broken mind, and he did the smother. So anyway, <laughs> but no, the picket goal was very. It's just um, it, it it just it, it's it put the icing on what a, an amazing story of a cake, didn't it? It was just sensational. It was, yeah,
1: no. Yeah, um, terrific debut. One, one of the greatest of all time, I don't know, I'd put it on par with John Coleman's debut where he kicked 12 goals.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty fair first day. Like, <laughs> I mean, they, they if, they if someone nervous. came
1: out and kicked 12 goals on debut now, I, I think I think Marlon Pickett's uh, performance would be pushed aside very, very quickly.
0: Yeah, sorry, Marlon, um, you have... uh. That'll be very stiff if that happened to him. Yeah.
1: So, sorry, Harlan, you had a great first game in a grand final, but you know, twelve goals on debut <laughs> over here.
0: Is <laughs> that um, Gordon Coventry or John who was it? Or John Col- Coleman. John, Col- John Coleman,
1: twelve goals on debut, it's a record.
0: Bloody hell. If yeah. I had to kick twelve goals, mate, I'd retire. But um oh, twelve goals in a
1: game, yeah, you he did alright, didn't he?
0: Yeah. Hey, thanks Heat for today, mate. We're gonna get you back throughout the trade period and we'll do an episode throughout there. Um but I look forward to it. Sensational as always and what a grand final it was. So thanks, mate. So yeah.